Hi, I'm Patty. I'm Tim Michelle. And I'm Jill. Welcome to our podcast. It's a great day to talk. Because honestly, what day isn't a great day to talk? So join us in our conversation. A Great Day to Talk is brought to you by St. George Design. Offering complete website design, social media management, search engine optimization, Google and Facebook ad management, and many other digital and print marketing services. StGeorgeDesign.com And by Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, third-generation builders who have been building custom homes in southern Utah for over 25 years. They will take your dream home from concept to completion. Contact RichardsonBrothers.com The April Gates Group and Zion Canyon Real Estate has been specializing in helping Southern Utah clients buy and sell property for over 18 years. We can help you too. Call or text April today, 435-632-8869. 435-632-8869. Hi, and welcome to A Great Day to Talk. Today, I am here with my good friend, Kim Michelle. Hello. And we are missing our other good friend, Jill, who is on her way to Vegas to watch the Las Vegas Knights play ice hockey. Is that right? Are you saying that? That that's true? I was just questioning. Then that must be true. Then that must be correct. It is the Las Vegas Knights, right? Anyway, they're huge Uh, ice hockey fans, and so they get to go watch professional ice hockey. Yeah, and it got canceled from before, so this is a retake. So otherwise, she would be sitting right here or right there. So yeah, and she is sad to miss, but she and she will be missed. But um, so I wanted to welcome you tonight, and also let you know that two weeks ago we had our good friend April Gates. Uh, she is a realtor for um, <clears throat> ERA Brokers, and she specializes in, uh, well, actually, she's a specialist at anything you right. ask. She's we just amazing. call her the specialist. Yeah, she is the I specialist. I think a movie, actually, sure. too. Maybe. Not very good, though, so uh, we're not going to mention that. realtor specialist, mm-hmm. but she uh, has lived in Springdale, so she has worked a lot of uh, clients with, uh, within Zion National Park, and Laverican and Tokerville, and Hurricane in the St. George and the greater Washington County area. Well, two weeks ago, she was on our uh, podcast talking about um, market, the market. Yeah. Yeah. In general and mm-hmm. specifically here and what makes a hot market and all that. Right. Kind of stuff. And, yep. and kind of just explaining a little bit about what we've seen in Southern Utah as far as the market has um, just gone a little bit wild. Yeah. Booming. Booming, and she has a home um, that she is um, the agent on in uh, the Parade of Homes, and she gave away Parade of Home tickets on our show. And the winners tonight for, or the winners for her Parade of Home tickets are Angela Glazier, 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 Glazier. If you can pronounce it, then you're the winner. I am sorry. G-L-A-Z-I-E-R. And I've had a student with that last name, Glazier. And I think we said Glazier. Anyway, Angela, and then also Deanna Bringhurst, which is one of your <gasps> friends, dear, Kim Michelle. My dear, friend. And they were the two winners of the uh, Parade of Homes tickets, and the Parade of Homes starts this Friday. Yeah. And um, they're usually so how do they go, how do they go about getting those tickets? So April will reach them. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, April Gates is one of our sponsors on our uh, podcast and uh, one of our fabulous listeners, but as well a supporter. And so she will be coming back in the next couple months to talk about the market again and a little bit of spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. Yes. As well as how to stage your home if you are selling and... um, so anyway, she is uh, has been a great asset to our podcast. We were happy yeah, to have I her w- on. I just we just did dinner with uh, Deanna. Oh, okay, yeah, and her husband Steve, who happened to be my debate coach when I was in high school. That's right. So you know, count the years. It's been a very mm-hmm. long time that we've had a really great friendship with that couple. With that couple. Well, good. And so I will text her. And just uh, send her a quick message as soon. We just went to dinner on Saturday. Oh, and make sure yeah, she Yeah, so I'll make sure that her she tickets. knows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm awesome. sure April will get a hold of them and deliver the tickets. Uh, we actually thought about uh, maybe our podcast tonight should be about how to get around in Southern Utah during the Parade of Homes Week. Yeah. What uh, streets to avoid and don't try and go to a restaurant because yeah. you usually see twenty to 30,000 people going through each home. Uh, that have been built for the Parade of Homes. Yeah. Which is amazing. Which is amazing amazing and wonderful and all that good stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, But if we tell you all the secret ways to get around town, then everybody would be using the secret ways to get around town and and then then they would be busy too. So... Right. It's just, you know, listen, just in, it's going to be beautiful weather. So just enjoy being out and about. Yeah. And just slow down. Yeah. You're not in a hurry. And I think that's one of the things that gets us uh, frustrated is if we feel like we need to be somewhere quickly and there's traffic and there's not any parking and whatnot, um, just recognize what it is. It is what it is. Yep. And my advice is to... Don't plan on getting anywhere quickly. Yeah, just give yourself plenty of time. And, yeah. Yeah. And let people get in. Go with a friend and have a great conversation yeah. while you're sitting in the car. How amazing is that? Right. And yeah. I just, I think uh, we're tonight we're talking about civility and I think we could spend uh, the whole show talking about <laughs> civility just in the, at the Parade of Homes. The, well, <laughs> yes, in the Parade of Homes. Absolutely. Um, and also just even on the, on road. the roadways, mm-hmm. civility yeah. on the roadways. And mm-hmm. I know our moods affect that as well. We might be stressed out or in a hurry and, and someone wants to get over and, you know, we're mad or we don't let them over. Or, and what does that, what good does that do? Nobody's happy. So, yeah. Um, or Including we, you, right. And you know, you're, not, you're all stressed out and upset yeah. and to what end it doesn't serve exactly. you either. Just let them in, let them in. Yeah. And I know that when I'm in a happy mood and I'm not in a hurry or I don't feel stressed, I'm like, you get on over, come on in. You know, yeah, that's the see. <laughs> and if we could, patty. if we could be like that more often, I think we would uh, actually feel better about the roads, about ourselves, and maybe the there world would be less general. complications. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, congratulations to the uh, two winners Woo-hoo! of the Parade of Homes. So. There you go. In fact, one of our sponsors, the Richardson Brothers Custom Homes, have been in the parade for over Always 22 or 23 years. Yeah. And uh, so I have worked the parade, gosh, 22 or 23 years, however yeah. many years that the parade has been, they've been in the parade. So yeah. it's a big time for us every year as well. So, yeah. 
However, love it, love it, love it. Enjoy and be nice. So tonight <laughs> or else. <laughs> right, right. Or else I will. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about civility. Yeah. Give us a definition, Kim Michelle. What does civility well, mean? Well, civility, oh, there's probably numerous definitions, but civility is just really to choose to be polite in remarks and in behavior. So that also means polite means to be respectful and considerate. And uh, courteous means to be the showing of politeness So and respect for others. So that really is what it is. It simply means that we choose, consciously choose, mm -hmm. even if it isn't by our nature, right. that we consciously choose to uh, be polite in our behavior and in our remarks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, I'm not my best self. Well, I think that uh, best self is a process. Okay. And that, uh, you know, we acknowledge ourselves when we're in our best self. I don't remember who it was that was talking about it, but I was uh, reading some work and it was talking about like the hero's journey and it was talking about like here's the hero here and here's you and really what best self is is really working to m decrease the space between where you're at and where your heroic best self would be always mm -hmm. right that that's just the journey is to minimize that gap and uh, I think this is one way to easily be able to minimize that gap as long as I, I think the only reason that it becomes difficult is because we don't think about it. We right. just react from a subconscious place mm -hmm. and we don't really give it thought because I hope to believe that most people when they think about it would choose civility. And at the same time, there's so many examples around us that uh, I think are indicators of a lack of civility at some level. For sure. And I, you know, we were talking about um, as teachers, we leave our cars in the morning and we're carrying yeah. our, you know, our water bottle, our hot tea, our bag, our purse, books, whatever, and then keys to try and get in the building. And my door isn't unlocked, the side I go in. So I have to get my key out and <laughs> actually open the door. Can you get in your door or all your doors uh, open at your so, school? So um, my doors are open, mm -hmm. um, It's but I'm like you. I'm totally loaded mm -hmm. up to the max. Sure. And so I'm trying to somehow finagle my getting the door open and somehow nudging something in there, an elbow or uh -huh. a foot or... Or, right. uh, you know, maybe part of my bag or something to hold the door open while I continue to swing it open the rest of the way. <laughs> right. And there are students around when I'm attempting mm -hmm. to enter in. I'm, I'm surprised they're not taking video and posting oh, it because, yeah, you know, no, it would be, be a good fundraiser for the school, I well, would they think. Definitely, <laughs> they definitely might be. I it would, really would be. Like, right. Well, exactly. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So and and so it's an interesting thing. Like, have we for, have we stopped teaching um, 
open doors for old ladies? Did we, yeah. did we stop teaching that or has it become, uh, does she want me to help her? Does she, is it embarrassing if I help her? Is it uncomfortable for me? Yeah. Uncomfortable for her. So I pretend I don't know that she's yeah. struggling. Um, and I would like everyone to know when I'm struggling and I would like them to help me, which is all the time when you look, when I, I will never take a moment of someone offering assistance as anything but other than wow that's such a Thank gracious you. offer mm -hmm. so may i may i always need it maybe not but that isn't the point you're offering from a place of grace and i think that is always to be acknowledged and mm -hmm. appreciated so i think sometimes students are just not aware because listen i am an all-powerful teacher which means i can do all things i should be able to just open all the doors automatically just by walking towards them they should all just right. open automatically i should be able to blink yeah but i do and i do have some students that will see it and go like oh mrs pullen let me get that door for you yeah um, and there are plenty of times when there are students right around Sometimes I will ask and, and I get to get better at that, right? Mm -hmm. So what yep. stops me from asking someone to step into the place of service? There's no reason mm -hmm. why I don't you, give those students the opportunity right. mm -hmm. to be of that kind of service other than I think, well, I shouldn't have to ask, right. which is crazy in and of itself because I could give them the opportunity to be in service. And then when they do that, I can be so appreciative and thank them for that. So that's and a good notice for me. That is like, yeah. Hey, do you mind, do you mind grabbing that door for Grab me? Grab the door. I've got all my stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's no reason, to, uh, not to do that. And, um, and I've definitely done, I've done both. I've maneuvered it. I think sometimes when students know me, they're more likely to help. But if, if they don't know me, they, that might be uncomfortable for them. Yeah. Um, but we've got to figure out how to take that awkward out. You know, do we need to be explicit? Listen, if you see someone that uh, you can hold the door open for, you always do that. Do we need explicit in that training? I, for me, I think that there's a time for us to come back now and say, I think for whatever reason, we have made it okay to be totally separate from one another. Mm. I think COVID is a part of that to um, embrace our separateness from one another. And I think this is an opportunity for us to embrace that it's okay for us to now reconnect because that connectedness is an inherent desire of every oh, spiritual human person, which is every person. Well, in the it's universe. important for our survival as a species. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes when a student will see me clear down from the parking lot up coming up the sidewalk, they'll wait for me and they'll hold the door, mm -hmm. which, and I don't even know that student half the time. And that's so appreciative. And I make sure that I acknowledge them and thank them for that. Sure. Um, and I think that's important mm -hmm. as well. Right. But I think, I think maybe we do need to actually 
reteach what it means to be in connected relationship with each other well and right I th- now I agree and I think that we have become super casual um, not only in our language um, but with each other and um, I you know I remember going to etiquette training as a kid and learning which fork to use mm-hmm. and put a napkin on your lap and uh, make eye contact when you're talking to people. And there were just so many of those formal teachings as a child and I, as a teen child, and I don't know that those, uh, formal teachings are happening. I do. However, we talked about this earlier. Um, I get so much joy out of, um, my students when they leave my classroom and say, thank you. I get more students today in the last few years that say, thank you. Thank you. I'm all, wait, what? Thank you. No. Yeah. And I try to be really appreciative. Thank you for coming to class. I'm so glad you're here. I try really hard to make them feel like I appreciate their presence too. But I don't know that I've always done that, but um, they are thanking me when they leave. And I'm going to have to say probably 60% of the kids will say thank you. And if one says thank you, the next one will say thank you. That, I mean, and it's, that's, yeah. Civility is catchy. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be a great um uh slogan for a t-shirt yes <laughs> that new civility is catchy yeah um right or it's catching on or something mm-hmm. because even as i'm handing out homework um a lot of my students will say thank you yeah, yeah. you know so You're i welcome. yeah uh-huh. so i always like well, you're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for the thank you. And oh, hey, yeah. you know, let me toss you a little treat mm-hmm. uh, for that. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I just think acknowledging it when we hear it is one thing. And then asking for it when we don't see it, I think, is another way to just remind uh not just students, but no, no, ad- no, no, adults. In fact, yeah. yeah, I think adults are oftentimes more egregious in their um, absence of civility mm-hmm. than I would say a lot of my students. Right. I have that some it- students that always answer me, "Yes, ma'am." Mm-hmm. every single time. And I rarely hear that from an adult in my world. No, no. And and I, I also think that I, you know, I think adults um, sometimes are more entitled. I'm an adult, so I don't, I, I can do what I want. I'm an adult. I can do what I want. And um, that is, however, true, but, um, you know, you're at Costco and it's busy and you're, run, you know, walking down the thing and you go forward before someone, maybe you didn't have the right of way because I don't know what the rules are at yeah. Costco. Um, but I kind of treat the rules driving around a cart at Costco as if I'm on the road. Well, someone else had the right away. And so I always will say, excuse me, which is interesting because I used to say, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. but that's not the, that's not Mm. what should be said. It's excuse me. Oh, excuse me. I'm, I was in your way. Excuse me out of the way. Um, I'm sorry. That's not, I don't know why I default to, I'm sorry. And I think we talked about this in a podcast a while ago is that we default to, I'm sorry, which isn't really necessary. And by the way, today is our 40th podcast. Well, look at that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you from our listener. The same as my uh, how old I am. Yes, you're that's, forty. I'm forty, and this see, is our 40th podcast. That's an example this of civility, an, right, right there. <laughs> and our good friend Jill is driving to Vegas right now and posting on our uh, podcast live right now, and she just offered civility as contagious. Yeah, and that is the case. If someone's civil to me, uh, it's I am forced to be civil back, and even if maybe I don't want to be. Is, uh, and that is the perfect scenario, isn't right. it? I yeah. mean, I think that is the, how you disarm people. The best way of disarming someone is to um, approach their wanting for battle mm-hmm. with some kind of a civil mm-hmm. kind response. Right. Yeah. And Scott, I think, posts something really interesting here, too, about is it possible to be civil in social media? And I I would say, yes, it is possible. I think that, um, you know, I had mentioned to you that I left a group that I've been a part of for a a long time, Mm -hmm. um, a group of intimate people. I left that group because... I don't need to open that line of discourse and feel that um, there's an attack there just waiting for me and then feel like, wow, I need to be able to articulate some type of a rational kind of response here that might be able to uh, create a rational response on the other end when right. that probably isn't even what the other person is looking right. for. Well, and you can't fight uh, anyone who's illogical or not open to another yeah. side or another a perspective. And and we talked about that with just civil discourse. Like, how can we um, disagree civilly, but also be open to hearing that other side? Yeah. And recognizing that other side for them, that doesn't mean I agree. That just means I recognize that's how you feel about it or think about it. Yeah. I acknowledge that. Um, and I would like them to also hear my side. Yeah. And in, um, it doesn't mean we have to agree. It doesn't mean we have to fight. We, it just is a way to offer our own opinions. And we did, we wrote down a couple things and how do we, um, how do we allow, how do we become civil online? Like Scott asked, um, for me, I just don't post anything online that isn't, Nice or truth or. And that becomes the issue, right? Because truth is at the core of many of these kinds. Well, they're going to say that that is what is at the core of many of these conversations, even though I don't really believe that the the seeking of truth is what is ultimately what is at the core of many of the social media types of Mm -mm. posts that we're talking about that lack some type of civility. But I think any time that the conversation is then designed not to... um, not to elevate something, but to actually denigrate something, then you know that you're not in a conversation that is designed to be civil, even right. in its, even at its core. Right, a hundred percent. In fact, um, I just lost my train of thought because I am actually not forty. So. <laughs> 
I was thinking, I'm so sorry, I should have wrote a note down, but um, about the truth and online. Sorry, it's gone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, 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 but that is what exactly what happens, right? Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I want to respond when I see something in social media that I feel is uh, specifically designed to uh, create that kind of an emotional response mm-hmm. and, or that I feel is just such uh, so this is my non this is this is my less enlightened response that it is such an unenlightened comment that I feel like I need to respond because this person deserves for me to enlighten them. <laughs> yes. As soon as I'm in that space, <laughs> right. then I know that probably what's going to come out of my mouth is not going to be civil because I'm saying it because I think they need uh-huh. to change in some way, not right. because I just genuinely care about them or about where they're at. Uh, it's more about me in that moment. They need me to show them what right, is. Right. They need they yeah. need the truth. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say, it came back around. See, it Ooh. usually does. We just keep talking and then yes. it comes back. Um, but I better hurry before it's gone. Um, confirmation bias is a, a concept where we confirm our uh, beliefs. And we talked about this earlier tonight is um, when... Uh, you have a belief. It doesn't matter what the belief is. You notice things that confirm that belief, but you don't necessarily notice things that are against that belief. So it's not necessarily that you're only looking thing. You're not necessarily consciously looking for things that support your belief, but you're certainly not noticing things that don't. And then there's this whole other thing called belief perseverance is that even in the wake of evidence that uh, discredits your belief people will generally fall back to their belief. And we see this all the time, not necessarily, um, we see it with it, politics for sure, and religion. Yeah. It's really hard to convince someone to change a religion because that is a belief, that's a belief system. So when someone accepts a new religion, it's most likely because they didn't have a rooted, strong religion base yeah. belief system. And so, so we have confirmation bias where we look for things that support our bias. Um, and we miss things that don't. And I always use this, um, example. If I, if I believe that blondes are dumb and I have a blonde student and she says something dumb, I'm going to go, oh, see, it just supports my belief. But if she says something smart, I may not even recognize it. Because yeah. it doesn't support my belief. Right. Now, of course, that's hypothetical. I think blondes are smart, but um, but with how about redheads? No, they it, well, redheads are hot tempered, <laughs> right? And so when you see a redhead that's hot tempered, that confirms your belief. And when they don't act out, react angrily at something, you don't notice it. Right. Right. Because, exactly. It You're only looking your belief. For when, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And it's it, you know we could all learn a lesson from Pollyanna. Haley Mills, 19, whatever, 19. Falls out of the window, right? 40s, Breaks her 50. leg. Yes. Yeah. Well, she has to have surgery. Right. Remember? So they all meet her at the train. Um, but the Pollyanna uh, issue is 
if you look for the good, you'll find it. If you look for the bad, you'll find it. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're, whatever's on your mind. And we talked about that as well, but confirmation bias is a little bit more unconscious. And so is belief perseverance. Yeah. It's not as people aren't necessarily, um, conscious about that. So, yeah. And I think the reason why it's so, um, difficult to have those kinds of conversations is because if someone has somehow, um, created part of their identity around that kind of an issue, mm-hmm. then when you challenge that, what you're real, what's really being challenged is the identity that they have created about themselves. And that is deep. Folks. Yeah, absolutely. So it isn't really even at that point around the issue. It's around what am I saying this, this says about who I am. Mm-hmm. If in fact, what I have believed to be true is not in fact true. So I think a lot of the times when people respond, they're responding from that space. Mm-hmm. But I think, and so I get all of that. I think mm-hmm. the bigger issue is how did we, where did we, how did we get to the point where it's okay for some of the things to be said that are being said, that it's okay for someone who disagrees with you to then just be called out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's, I think it's, I think discourse, my husband and I, we both have been in the debate world forever and love the idea of discourse and conversation and let's take an issue and let's break it down and let's build it back up and let's do all of that. Let's dissect it and Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's nothing better than that, actually. Um, but it didn't seem before to be so personal. And now everything has become so personal. If I disagree with you on an issue, now I'm some kind of idiot, moron, mm-hmm. add whatever Bully. adjective mm-hmm. you want to add there right Mm -hmm. even political parties you can't even just be part of a political party it is now you're that you're part of that political party or or you're so far right or you're so far left which isn't the thing like you can be right which most of americans are most americans are in the middle somewhere right right. on most issues yes uh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people might have an issue that they're in the middle on, but don't even know which side supports that issue. I think that's, I think that's also a something. Um, I love that Scott mentioned cognitive dissonance and it's also contagious. And a lot of people we were, we, I just uh, was teaching about cognitive dissonance this last week where our beliefs and our behaviors don't match. And so if we have a belief about something, but then our behavior doesn't support that belief, we usually change our beliefs because it's easier than changing a behavior. Uh, Yeah. A common one is, um, you know, smoking most Anyone who smokes knows, we all know that smoking's not bad or not good for us, right? We all know yeah. that smoking's unhealthy. And though people who smoke uh, know maybe it's not healthy, but want to keep smoking because people, it's, people like that. 
There, it's there's some enjoyable factors in that. Sure. And so you you have to say that I I I also recommend um, use the example is well I think I'm a really good person and I like to obey all the laws and I drive very carefully except sometimes I speed. And so when my behavior doesn't match my belief about myself, that I'm a good person and I obey laws and I um, obey the driving laws, but I speed, I sometimes in my head rationalize that, well, I'm speeding only because I am very important and I have a very important event to be to. And so Which you are. All I those am, things are true. Right. I am very important. Mm-hmm. So if I'm speeding, it's because I have a very important thing to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's cognitive dissonance. And dissonance occurs when our behaviors, dissonance is like anxiety or angst. We don't like our beliefs and behaviors to not. To disagree. Mm-hmm. And so, and that, that's absolutely true. And, um, Scott pointed out that cognitive distance is also contagious and we do it all the time. And, you know, Freud called it rationalization and that's, yeah, that's also part of it. You, know, you could call it a million things, but, um, so we talked about online. Um, one of the things I like to do is when there's a hot topic on Facebook and I don't do this very often, but when there's a bunch of comments, it's fun to read the fights. I never comment. I just like to see what people are arguing about. So mm. maybe I'm a bit of a voyeur. Oh. In that mm. regard. Well, we're getting some hot news. Hot right. topic right here on A Great Day to Talk. Yes. Uh, Patty's a voyeur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, do, I do like to live why vicariously through others. Why would you not answer? Well, I mean, why would you not respond? Well, it's in nothing about me. So it's mm-hmm. just something that's online and it doesn't have anything to do with me. And I... I am interested to see what the different sides yeah. are. And then also, um, I am sad when people get so mean and personal about yeah, it. Yeah, that's that. I'm, I think that is the, um, the would, hot point for mm-hmm. me, right? And it's, ha- it's so hard to not then respond, especially for me. I definitely want to respond. And usually I will respond because I'll try to craft something that, that I feel like is respects the place that they're coming from, but poses another way of thinking and I'll post it the first time and then, uh, wait and see what the responses are from there. And then if it's just off the tracks, then I'm kind of out of there. Right. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, then nobody well, not nobody, but the main parts in that conversation no, don't listening. really want to go mm-hmm, anywhere mm-hmm. else. Um, and yeah. I think, too, that, um, you know, how did we get here? Part of the conversation, too, was even in just uh, like going back to the conversation about opening the doors. Um, I read this really interesting article that uh that men, for example, didn't know what to do anymore because they had opened the doors for women. And then the response was, I'm perfectly capable of opening my own door, which I get because guess what? Women can open their own door. Mm-hmm. Um, we're physically able and capable of being able to do that. Um, and at the same time for me, so I get, I'm old. So I'm just going to preface my whole conversation with that. I get that I'm old. And that being said, if someone chooses to open the door for me, 
I'm not choosing to see that as you think I am not capable of being right. able to open that door for myself. I'm choosing to see it as, well, thank you for being willing to open that for me, even though I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. But I can understand how that can create a conflict for some people to know, well, you know, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Right, right, yeah. absolutely. And I Am I in trouble for saying that word, Sean? Damn. Twice? Oh, oh, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I think um, if somebody opens the door for me, I'm just grateful. And I um, don't think that they're opening the door because they think I'm incapable. Yeah. And so having the mindset, I think if we go into almost everything with uh, this person has good intentions. Yes, I think that if that's is where we the start, key. they have good intentions, then we won't misunderstand their intention. Right. Why, why are we assuming someone has a bad intention? And if they, and if we're in the question about it, like let's say that you're on a date and the gentleman is going to pay and it's your first date or whatever. And the female, you're uncomfortable with that because you don't know what the expectation is mm -hmm. that comes along with him paying for the meal, which I totally get and understand. Absolutely. Then what a beautiful opportunity to have a conversation mm -hmm. about that. Not an interrogation, not, not uh, an accusation, but simply a conversation about thanking them for a willingness to do that and a conversation that says I would feel more comfortable paying for my own um, part of my bill so that there's no expectation here and so that we can just simply move forward having a great conversation without any expectation of of what any quid pro quo or anything else that's supposed to happen here. I just think coming from that place of I'm going to assume, and I know that you that that isn't always the case. But in most situations, I don't think people's intention is to hurt you. Mm -mm, I don't either. And I I also think that the dating rules are so different today, of course, than they were, you know, a hundred years ago when I was when dating. I was dating. But um, that was only seventy years. For seventy you. seventy years for, for me. Hundred for you, Scott. But I think that if uh, whoever asks the person out, um, is it protocol that they pay? Like if I asked someone out on a date, hey, I would like to take you bowling. I'm asking, I'm planning on taking them bowling and paying because I'm taking them. Because you initiated the ask. Yes. Uh, you know, I think. So is that still the protocol? Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know because it has been a hundred years and we mm -hmm. used to play, pay with a wooden nickel. So right. I don't think right. that still happens, but <laughs> um, you know, but I think if nothing else, it's a great conversation starter, right? <laughs> Sometimes yeah. people don't even know how to start a conversation right. and that may be a mm -hmm. great way to be able to, to uh, initiate those kinds of conversations. Right. And, but I know for it, for my daughter, I would love for, uh, her to have somebody who's opening the door on the car for her, not mm -hmm. because she's not capable, but because I just think it is honoring her yeah, yeah. and she might not think that. And she might say, mom, don't, I don't want that. And I would be like, okay, I, mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, that's for them to figure out 
as part of that courtship. Yeah. But I just think initiating it initially, I just, I don't, I think it's just an opportunity to flesh that out and to have more Mm -hmm. conversation. Well, and I know um, with my own girls that, uh, especially with the youngest, when when someone, a boy was coming to pick her up or whatever, and um, they would just text her, hey, I'm here. And I'm all, oh, 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 oh hell, no, 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 oh, no, 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 you're going to come um, to the door. You are going to come mm-hmm. to the door. Yeah. Mom, mm-hmm. that's so dumb. Uh, uh, no, yeah, then you're yeah. not leaving. Right. Exactly. And I, I've asked my students this too. I'm like, do you guys literally not go to the door? And it's different. So if they're taking them to do prom, sure. But if they're just going to hang out. They're like, hey, I'm here to pick you up because we're going to hang out with a group of kids. I'm all, uh, I don't know. So they're like we talked about, things are just so casual. I still, I said, well, text him back and say he has to come to the door to get you. And I need to meet him before you get to go in any car with anybody. Yeah. And that girl or boy, I don't yep. care. Yep. And um, so I'm glad we're past that parenting part of my life. Yeah, me too, because I don't even know what the next level oh, yeah, would I even can. be. Yeah. But so, I think that's good too, is that, that different social sted- settings would have different kinds of um, parameters and different levels of what would be... Of formality. C- right. Mm-hmm. What would be civil in this particular situation. Mm-hmm. And civility is more formal and uh, uh, many, many of our uh, social settings now are very, very casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in my classroom. Oh yeah. You know when mm-hmm. students are when I'm when I'm presenting from the front of the room and I can hear students music in their AirPods. in their uh-huh. AirPod from the front of the room. Yeah. I don't think it's unreasonable to ask them to not be having their music play while I'm actually teaching from the front of the <laughs> right. room. Right. Right, absolutely. I got an email from a student um last semester that said, "Bruh." Oh. <laughs> Bruh. You marked me absent today. And I messaged back, bruh, <laughs> you were absent today. I'm like, who do you think I am? And what have I done to create that kind of casual, informal yeah. relationship? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I have, uh, I have a lot of students that call me Patty and a few students that call me Mrs. Richardson. Yeah. And usually that changes after I am, um, no longer coaching a sport Yeah. and I haven't been coaching for a while and I still have Patty, but some of my kids that I coached are seniors now. So I imagine like next year it'll get more Mrs. Richardson yeah. and I'm fine. I'm fine either way, as long as it's respectful, but bruh, yeah. no. that is, that may be, bruh. may be a little bit too far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was um, coaching all of my students called me by my first name mm-hmm. and I didn't have any it wasn't even an issue at all. Well, you were also because I don't think it. I don't think that generates respect, right? No, no. But that, yeah, that the reason that is an issue, I think, is because that he could be or she could be sending that to anybody in the universe, and mm-hmm. that's probably how they right. Re- that's, that's how they. That's their salutation for well, and any that's, person. That's not going to get you a job, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we've talked about online civility. We've talked about uh, civility in 
with our students. Mm-hmm. So our, our workplace, and I know yeah. that civility within anyone's workplace is going to be different. Um, how do we, and civility within our families can be difficult when we all have different, different viewpoints. viewpoints mm-hmm. And yeah. And I, I think it's okay to say, Hey, you know what family, I love you all. And there are just going to be certain topics. Maybe we agree that we're just not going mm-hmm. to, yeah, we're just not going to talk about because we don't agree on them. Right. And I think that's okay too. I agree. And I think it's okay too that uh, if there are situations that don't respect those kinds of boundaries, that if it's in your best mental health to remove yourself from those situations, that you that you do so, but that you still find another way to be in relationship with those people. Absolutely, in a it can't way. it can't be the only thing that's causing you to be in a relationship is one opinion. Yeah, and it might be a few opinion of few opinions too. Yeah. but um, absolutely, there's got to be other ways uh, to conti- uh, continue that f- yep. family relationship. Yeah, I think another um, another assault on civility is for the quickness to label to put people into a group. Absolutely, um, mm-hmm. so that I don't have to see you, I don't have to understand you as you. Uh, all I have to do is be able to label you. Mm-hmm. Um, according to different socioeconomic, political, religious, all I have to do is occupation. Yeah, all gender, I have to do is be all, able, of, it. all of it. I all I have Age. to do is know you by label, and as soon as I look, know you by label, then I can justify how I choose to treat you. Right, mm-hmm. because then I know everything about you. Everything about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. That was sarcastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, stranger civility. Well, when we were leaving. Our mm-hmm. pre-podcast uh, meeting today, mm-hmm. we were walking out and you held the door, held the door. And their response was, thank you. Thank you. And it was a, a it man was and del- a woman yep. who walked in while I held the door and they both said, thank you. And yep. I said, of course. Yeah. And we went on our way. Very yeah. civil. And when we got here, uh, somebody opened the door and yep. kept, uh, held the door actually yep. for us. Um, which was also very nice and very civil. Yeah. Um, so stranger civility, I think, would be uh, at Costco or at the grocery store or at Target or wherever where it might be crowded. And you might have to gird up your loins a little bit and become a little bit more patient so that you can be more civil. And it can because, be little things. I know for you, one of your things is to put the cart into the cart yes after your part when after you've unloaded your groceries Mm -hmm. back into your car Mm -hmm. to put your cart away Mm -hmm. right that's a simple thing that allows people who are parking to be able to park in that spot and for the carts to be put away for the people who are uh, working at mm -hmm. the store and it won't roll down and ding right ding somebody's car Mm -hmm. so i mean i i i think this is the simple thing look for ways to demonstrate civility, even in the even if the rest of the world is choosing not to. I think every day, if you go out in the world saying, I'm going to look for ways today that I can demonstrate civility in the world, then you're going to feel better at the end of the day, regardless, regardless, because that energy is at a higher frequency. That is 
at a pure grace, love, compassion frequency. Mm-hmm. And energy attracts like energy. So you're going to get payback on that. Where it comes from, when it comes, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know. But I absolutely believe you will attract that like energy back into your life. I, you'll find mm-hmm. ways that you can, you know, I'm busy too, but I have four items or I have a basket full of items and the person that is coming up has two items. Sure, Let him go in. ahead. Let go, him in. Go, go in front mm-hmm. of me. Absolutely. It's, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one other thing I try really hard to do um, is smile at people. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, so... I think smiling is contagious. It's, I do it's too. actually evolutionarily mm-hmm. explained. Um, uh, and, and those, just like you said, acts of civility and civility can be contagious. I absolutely believe that that is 1000% true. And even if it weren't, even if it were not true, how possibly could your life be worse off when you choose in to civility, it, right. I just, it, it cannot be. No, you'll be better. But it, it mm-hmm. is true. You will attract that back into your life a thousand times over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to, I want to address and we're, we're done with time, but Scott says, is it possibly possible to be uncivil with yourself? And yeah. I think being uncivil with yourself is being untrue to yourself mm-hmm. and choosing not to be civil. And when you have civil actions, you are being civil to yourself. Yep. Because all that negative self-talk, right? Yeah. That that we, almost all of us have at some point, even if you've done your work to eliminate as much self-talk as possible, any of that self negative self-talk that's coming your way, that is not civil. So you just tell that to walk away. Absolutely. (laughs) Not welcome here in this house. (laughs) Well, Uh, thank you for being here. And I think our our general nudge is to find ways to be civil. Yeah. So that it is contagious and others will also be civil. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you to our sponsors. And yeah. go out and see the Parade of Homes and make sure you get to thank April Thank you for Gates joining home. us, everyone. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thanks for listening to It's a Great Day to Talk. Be sure to follow and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. And until next week, get out there and talk. This has been a production from a podcast studio.